This is Optimal Finance Daily, episode 417, How a Short Shopping Ban Helped Me Think Long-Term, by Kate Flanders of kateflanders.com. And I am your host and narrator, Dan. I'm here each weekday reading to you from some of the best personal finance blogs on the planet. And we wanna hear from you about what kind of content you'd like to see here on the show. You can send topic requests and any other thoughts to uh, oldpodcast.com. Just go over to the website there and uh, share your thoughts with us. Now, today's post comes from Kate Flanders, who's actually going to be featured as the money expert in a simple living course put on by Courtney Carver, who's another author we feature here on the show. The course is a full year with a different expert being featured every month. And most of the names you'll likely have heard before, especially if you listen to Optimal Living Daily too. Names like The Minimalists, Mark and Angel, Courtney Carver, of course, and Kate Flanders, to name just a few. So definitely check out the course. It's discounted right now for early registration. You can go to oldpodcast.com slash learn to learn more about it. And I'll give you a reminder at the end of the show as well. So for now, let's hear today's post as we optimize your life. How a Short Shopping Ban Helped Me Think Long-Term by Kate Flanders of kateflanders.com. In my upcoming book, The Year of Less, you're going to read a lot of stories I've never shared before. Stories of how and why I got into the habit of using the wrong things to fix my problems. Buying stuff, eating junk food, drinking and using drugs. I've used it all as coping mechanisms and numbed myself with binges. Over the years, I've changed many of these habits, but the urges still take over from time to time. I'll be sad and want to feel better, so then I do or pay for something that might help. It tends to work for a few minutes or hours, but it never lasts. And the same was always true of binge eating or getting blackout drunk. Fortunately, I have some experience with hitting pause on my consumption tendencies and asking myself what I really want. I needed to do that this summer. After losing the girls, my dogs, I started spending impulsively again and I knew that wasn't the path I wanted to stay on. I needed to sit with my pain and figure out what was next. So I decided to do a 30-day shopping ban. It wasn't entirely successful if we look at the list of what I purchased that month. There were a few things I really needed, a travel-sized toothpaste, a stick of deodorant when I was in Colorado because I forgot mine at home, and a full tube of toothpaste when I later ran out of that at home too. And then there were the things that potentially could have waited, but I bought because I wanted to finish projects I had started, some fabric to repair an old blanket, and the supplies to finally, finally, finally make a top for my DIY stand-up desk. After living without a desk all year, it feels so good to have one. But the measure of whether or not a shopping ban is successful doesn't actually have anything to do with whether or not you bought stuff during that time. It's not about spending no money. It's about learning how to only spend money on things that add value to your life. Knowing that, this short ban was a success. During those 30 days, I had a list of other tasks I wanted to complete, including decluttering and purging some physical objects in my home, as well as decluttering my digital life. Those were also successful, but the two most important tasks on my list were to do some values and goal-setting exercises. When I wrote that, I actually had no idea which ones I was going to do. I have a one-page worksheet I created myself, but also assumed I could Google it and find some other exercises. Didn't exactly work out like that. Instead, a few exercises seemed to magically fall into my lap, and I have my friend Brooke to thank for that. In this season's finale of Budgets and Cents, Carrie and I talked at length about why knowing your why is so important. To sum it up, when you have a why, it's a lot easier to make decisions on a daily basis. Everything from how you spend your time to how you spend your money is a lot more clear when you have a purpose. 
I didn't have a purpose after the girls died, or at least that's how it felt. My purpose for the last two years has been to take care of them whenever my dad was away for work, and he's gone for half the year. Taking care of them was a huge part of my life, and it became an even bigger job in their senior years when they needed a little more love and attention. After Molly died, my purpose became taking care of Lexi. I spent literally every minute of her final nine days with us at her side. She came with me everywhere I went. Walks, drives, stores, appointments, etc. We spent countless hours laying on a blanket in the backyard together. And then I woke up one morning and she was just gone. And I didn't know what to do next. Without the girls, I have truly felt lost. I had been looking ahead and figuring out how I would continue to care for them while living in Squamish. That was a huge factor in whether or not I could even move here. So the whole year was mapped out. I knew what the plans were and I was planning the rest of my life around those plans. And then they were gone and all the plans were gone and I didn't know what to do. That's when I listened to the episodes on Brooke's podcast about how to figure out your why. I realized I needed to figure out what my new purpose was. If I wasn't taking care of the dogs, what was I supposed to do? What did I love and value most? What did I want next? Why was I here? And what did I want to leave behind one day? It's still hard for me to write about my new why because I can't do it without feeling some amount of guilt. I know that's a normal part of grief, feeling guilty about moving forward without your loved ones who are gone. I would give up everything to have more time with the girls, and I wish all the plans to spend more of this year with them could have been fulfilled. In accepting that can't happen, I've started to make some new plans for myself. One of those plans is to save up and go to the UK for four to eight weeks next year. It's been at the top of my travel list for as long as I can remember, and I've made every excuse not to go. Some of those excuses were true. I spent the majority of my 20s in debt and probably couldn't have afforded it. But since being debt-free, I've spent a lot of money on a lot of short trips. Next year, I'd rather spend that money on one big one. With this part of my why in place, it's a lot easier to make decisions about how to spend my money. I don't want to waste a penny of what I earn. I want to save up an amount that will afford me the trip I've always dreamed of. And it feels really good to have something to work towards and look forward to. I'm so glad I can finally share some of this with you. I've had writer's block for a couple weeks because I knew I was going to cry while talking about the girls, and I did. So thank you for continuing to come back here and holding space for some of my sadness and just being part of this journey with me. I truly appreciate it. And I'm grateful that something like a 30-day shopping ban could help me get excited about life again. Like I said in an earlier post, the overall action required of a shopping ban is to simply hit pause and check in with yourself. It's a timeout from consuming, so you can figure out what you actually want in your life. That's it. I want to see more of the world. I can't do it today, but I can save for it and do it soon. Quote, don't sacrifice what you want most for what you want now. From No Sidebars Instagram. What do you want most? You just listened to the post titled How a Short Shopping Ban Helped Me Think Long Term by Kate Flanders of kateflanders.com. And once again, Kate's going to be a featured contributor for the year-long course on simplicity that Courtney Carver put together. Every month in 2018, you'll get new content, live monthly webinars with recordings provided, an optional private Facebook group to ask more questions, optional homework assignments with bonuses if you complete them, PDFs, and a lot more. Topics include everything from money, clutter, and gift giving to mindfulness, travel, and self-care. Early registration just opened at a discounted price. You can check it out at oldpodcast.com slash learn. That's a great way to support some of the authors we narrate here and learn a lot in the process. Plus, Courtney will give back a little to our shows if you purchase through our link. 
Again, that's oldpodcast.com slash learn. And that's it for today's episode. I will be back tomorrow with a post from Early Retirement Extreme. So stay tuned for that in the Wednesday show where your optimal life awaits. Hello, Life Optimizer. This is Justin Mollick, creator and producer of this podcast, but also Optimal Living Daily, the show where I read to you from even more blogs covering finance, productivity, minimalism, personal development, and more from incredible bloggers like Derek Sivers, Zen Habits, Mark and Angel, The Minimalists, and all the ones you hear on this show too. So if you enjoyed today's episode and like taking amazing blogs on the go, come on over to Optimal Living Daily and subscribe to that one too. And together, we'll start optimizing your life. You've been listening to Optimal Finance Daily. Be sure to hit the subscribe button to stay up to date on each new episode and head to oldpodcast.com. That's oldpodcast.com for a free gift as well as more actionable tips and resources to help you maximize your potential. Thanks for joining us. And remember, your optimal life awaits.